Welcome to the torture chamber, where it's totally okay to drive your best friend insane. How is he getting a sequel? He made how much? No, for real. Nothing's wrong with people. Hello, potential victims. I can't believe it, but it is now episode five of the Torture Chamber. I am your host, Dennis Neal, and joining me, as always, is my favorite person in the entire world, Jason Christopher. If you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friend. Oh, hey, hi! <laughs> are, we in- are we interrupting something? Nope, I'm good. Are you, um, are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dennis, 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 Dennis. Oh, God, what? Dennis. What? I am. Ask me how I am. How, how, how are you? I'm great because it's fall. I bought a new, I bought a new cardigan, which I'm wearing for this podcast. And as always, I'm wearing my thunderpants and I'm feeling fine. <laughs> Do you do you always have your thunderpants on? I legitimately always have my thunderpants on now. Like it, that's all, all I wear now. Cause oh. I see here's the thing for people out there not li- who don't know me personally, which is uh, all of you. Um, I've lost a little weight recently, which I'm very proud of. So now I've I found when you slim down a little bit, the world of fashion opens up to you. And I have bought so many pairs of fun underpants. So, yes, I'm legitimately always wearing my fun underpants now. Well, here's a question for you that's sort of like an inside joke between you and I. Mm. Um, have you put your underwear on backwards recently? No. I, <laughs> I have managed to avoid putting it. Now, see, first of all, first of all, they weren't just on backwards. They were on backwards and inside out. I always forget that. But no, I have I have made a habit of now always checking to make sure that the tag is on the inside and in the back before I put my underpants on. So I'm good. I'm good. The great the it's great just, the great thing is I can't even totally make fun of you because as you remember the other day when I was at work, oh, I noticed my pants weren't back. My underwear was on backwards. I was gonna say if your pants were on backwards, you're really fucking up. Really fucking up. Oh yeah. Speaking of things that are, are of us fucking up, um, we have a slight problem. We do, we do. So, um, I was supposed to watch Spice World for this episode of the podcast, but um, you know what I couldn't find? What? Spi- Spice World. <laughs> what do you I couldn't think? find it anywhere. We we looked everywhere. We we sort of leave Torrance as a last resort, you know. Absolutely. Because we absolutely. we do try to you know rent or whatever. The movie was near impossible to find, and places that did have it for rent was stupid. Um, like I would have had to upgrade my Netflix for another eight bucks a month to to get them to send me a DVD. I don't want to spend eight an extra eight bucks a month just to watch Spice World. I'm sorry, people. I love you, but not that much. And the good thing is, as Jason just mentioned, he now has Netflix. So now that opens up so much more torture. I had to 
Yeah, it was a bad plan on my part. It could have been worse. You, you could have been using Screenbox. I don't know what that is. I never know what anything is. Maybe I should just leave my room more. That might help you, but Screenbox is a all-horror um, streaming channel, uh, kind of like Netflix, but it's literally just all-horror movies, and there's a lot of really, really, really bad ones. Um, you have a PlayStation 4 on that, right? Yes, I do. Next time you're on there, download the Screenbox app, check it out, do the free trial, and it's actually kind of cool. Mm. Okay. I see no problem with this plan. Speaking of terrible horror movies, um, so because we couldn't find Spice World, or I couldn't find Spice World, um, we're doing sort of like an emergency show. So what I did last night was I hopped on my Netflix, hopped right on that thing like on a bike, and, and I pretty much just picked something. Like I just scrolled through for about five good minutes till I saw something and went, oh, that looks okay. And I watched that. So I picked my own poison this week. Yep, which not a problem because one thing that we agreed on, which I don't think we ever explained, that if we can't find a movie, Jason will always have his own backup in case of I'm not able to supply him with something. And he's seen a ton of bad movies, so there's always good shit. Yeah. And so... I'll try to keep it from being something I have already seen, even though those are probably the episodes that will be funnier because I will know things to pick out to really harp on. But um, for the most part, what I'm going to do is just pick something at random. And because it's me and I have a very distinct small small box of things I like, it probably will most likely be a horror movie. Or if I really want to be bored, like a war movie or a western. I don't know, it doesn't matter. Anyway, so you, you want to tell the people, since since I've filled you in, you want to tell the people what I watched this week? Sure. Do the thing. Sure. Okay. You actually watched a movie from this year called Holidays. I did. Now, I did. very briefly, Holidays is an anthology feature film that puts a uniquely dark and original spin on some of the most iconic and beloved holidays of all time. Is that what happened? I guess. Okay. Real quick, quickly, um, that was, you know, the basic plot of the movie. The, um, uh, whatchamacallit, <coughs> the score for uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it's 52% Rotten, out of uh, 21 reviews, there was 11 fresh and 10 rotten. And regular... That sounds accurate. Oh, it does? Yeah. Regular viewers, only 24% liked it. That also sounds accurate. Yes. And from looking at it real quick, it looks like Seth Green is in this? Seth Green is in this, yes. Oh, okay. Awesome. All right, take it away. All right, so this movie, as Dan said, is called Holidays, and it's an anthology um, movie of horror stories all based around holidays during the year. And I love an anthology series because I have the attention span of a goldfish, and I tend to get bored real damn easy. So, you know, changing things up every 15, 20 minutes helps. Um, 
so I'm going to talk about each one of these stories individually. And um, spoiler alert, a couple of them suck. So the first one, (laughs) (laughs) the first one is Valentine's Day. And it's a story about this girl named Maxine who has a crush on her swim coach. And the whole, most of the story takes place at swim practice where Maxine is on the diving board, but she's scared to jump off. And like all the little, the little mean girls, Lindsay Lohan is sir not appearing in this film, um, are, are down there yelling at her and calling her maxi pad because teenagers are so creative. And this is the second, this is the second movie that I've heard somebody use that insult. The first one was Krampus, where they, they, they make fun of the boy, because the boy's name's Max. And the girls are like, oh, what's the matter, Maxie Pad? I don't remember that from Krampus. And I totally watched Krampus, and I liked Krampus. Oh, yeah. I, I have to rewatch Krampus. I wish I had watched Krampus instead. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, so Maxie Pad is on the diving board, and she's scared to jump off, and, like, she's picturing her coach naked. I, I don't know why. And then, like, um, the head mean girl, the Regina George, if you will, climbs up on the diving board and shoves Maxi Pad off the diving board, which says to me that her coach is a shitty coach. Because how did he let her get all the way up there to shove this girl? For real? Into the pool. So the coach dives in and saves her. Which, and then we trans... It doesn't matter. And then we transition into the scene where he's on the phone calling like a heart and lung clinic because apparently he has a problem with his heart and lungs which I guess is the reason you will call a heart and lung clinic. Oh, I, 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 get, I get it. Valentine's Day, he has heart problems. Ha 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 ha. Wait, no. <laughs> you barely scratched the surface of this sophomoric plot. Anyway, so then we transition to the locker room where Regina George, not Regina George, is... um making fun of Maxi Pad some more. And then says something about her dead dad, which I didn't really catch because the mixing on this movie was for shit. Like I had to eventually around story three or four, I had to turn on subtitles. Cause not for nothing, I was watching this movie at like two in the morning and the last thing you want to do is turn your TV up to volume fifty at two in the morning. But I still my TV's not that far away from me in my room. I still could not hear. Anyway. So she says something about her dead dad, and this like really infuriates Maxi Pad. And then we leave oh before we leave, the coach is writing out a um Valentine's Day card to somebody. But once he hears Regina not Regina George say something to Maxi Pad, he's like, Well, I'm gonna make her day. So he makes the card out to Maxi Pad and stuffs it in her locker. Which really just brings her great joy. Because teenage girls. And then we go outside and um, not Regina George is talking to her boyfriend. And Maxi Pat is watching her. And the not Regina George starts to walk off. And Maxi Pat is following her. And we all know where this is going to go. Oh, yeah. But in case you don't, because you don't watch enough horror movies, Maxi Pat kills her. And then Maxi Pat shows up. At the coach's house, covered in blood and holding Regina George's heart, because you know it's Valentine's Day and you want to give your heart to someone. But if she gave him his her own heart, she'd be dead. So she gives him Regina George's heart. I don't know. It was a dumb story, and I didn't really love it. Moving on, <laughs> the what next one. The fuck. 
Yeah. The next one is is quite possibly to me one of the I would say because there's eight stories in this movie. This is one of the three weakest. Valentine's Day is one. The next one is St. Patrick's Day, which apparently takes place in Ireland. I had to pause and think about that for a minute because I did not want to say Scotland because that would get me some very angry letters. Anyway. Oh, yeah. So it centers around this teacher of like, I don't know, I guess I would say like nine or ten year olds. And she has this one redheaded student in her cha- in her class. Never trust a ginger. I can say that because my dad was one. Anyway, um, who's wow. just like this just this girl who doesn't talk and she's always like pissed off and the teacher's teaching them about St. Patrick and how he drove all the snakes of Ireland with a potato. It's a little Irish joke. Anyway, so then the teacher says something to the little girl about, you know, why don't you smile? Because, which is so patronizing, you know, even coming from another woman, just looking at a girl and saying, you know, you'd be prettier if you smiled. Like, what kind of fucking, they try to pick you, a, pick you up at a bar bullshit is that? <laughs> I'm a feminist and I'm digressing. Anyway, so the class leaves and the teacher finds this little, like, straw snake thing on a desk that and the the creepy girl has written only your greatest wish can make me smile and then the teacher takes this thing and she's like single and sad the teacher I mean not the little girl and she finds out she's pregnant after she like blacks out and has sex with some dude at a St. Patrick's Day party I think because there really wasn't much explanation to that and she finds out she's pregnant and then immediately the doctor tells her, um, there's just a problem. And she's like, I don't care, I'm pregnant. Because you know that's all women care about is making sure that they are pregnant. Right. Sexist ass bullshit. And the doctor's like, okay, but we don't know what you're pregnant with. And the teacher says, it's a, if it's a boy or a girl, I don't even care because I'm pregnant. And the doctor's like, no, see, you don't get it. We don't know what you're pregnant with, but we think it's a snake. And it takes her a full five minutes to understand she's pregnant with a snake. I'm sorry, I don't have a womb, but if somebody said to me, oh, by the way, Jason, you're pregnant with a snake, I'm like, get this thing out of me. For real? What the fuck do you mean I'm pregnant with a snake? I haven't had sex with any snakes. That I'm aware of, but I drink a lot. Anyway, so we transit, we're now following the teacher as she's going through the next year of her life, apparently, with only told in three scenes, by the way. It just says, like, you know, day one and then, like, day 366 and then, like, I think day 399. She's pregnant with the snake for a long time. So anyway... So she's she's is, in the grocery is, st- is that how long snakes get pregnant for? No, snakes do not gestate for that long. Oh, okay. I mean, elephants don't even gestate for that long. But then anyway. Well, I wouldn't know. I'm not a snake. Or an elephant. Or an elephant. Anyway. So the next scene we see her in like the grocery store and then the creepy girl runs up and hugs her and she's smiling. 
and she listens to her belly because she's pregnant with a snake. And now, you know, we sort of call on, oh, little girl's like a witch, and she did this. Um, and then, uh, let me see, and then I think we go to the classroom where the teacher throws up black bile because that's okay, and then slaps the witch girl in the face, which doesn't make her stop smiling, because she's a witch. Uh, and then, like, the teacher's life is falling apart, because she's pregnant with a snake, and has been for over a year, and she goes into a, a department store and starts, like, manically sniffing baby clothes, which I don't fucking get that scene at all. What? You heard it. You heard me. I told you literally what happened. And then she gets in the tub, and she she she's in a tub with her giant, distended, veiny, pregnant belly, and she's got a, a hamster, and she puts the hamster on her stomach to try and coax her snake baby out, which works. And she wakes up, and she... Oh, and then the creepy witch girl was... I was going to say she ends up outside somehow. I couldn't remember. Because the creepy witch girl was there, like, done up in her like, witch garb or whatever. Which, you know, just fucking think about any fucking witch movie you've ever watched. Pretty much that. And so witch girl leads her outside to this tree where a bunch of people are dancing around in white robes and animal masks. And introduces the teacher to the baby's father who is some dude that we never see from the front, only from the back, wearing a, a black jacket with a white snake decal on the back, and he has huge, like, comically huge pompadour hair. And she calls him Danny Zuko, and right then I was like, I'm out! <laughs> like, nope, I don't feel like this. What? And so... <laughs> Fucking, so the fucking dad is going on some long one-sided tangent about finding sad people in the world to fucking impregnate with more snakes. And the teacher goes over to the people and finds them carrying her, like, 18-foot-long snake baby, which is the most cartoony-looking fucking snake I've ever seen in my life. It... It looked like a Spyro character uh-huh. with a big wide ass grin and these big fucking anime eyes. And the worst part, the worst part is the snake has a tiny pompadour hairdo. What? Yeah. Little tiny pompadour. Little tiny, little poof. Little tiny pompadour poof. He's a baby rockabilly. You know? He's really a Brian Setzer orchestra. The, Queens the, of the Stone Age. The only thing that would make this better is if you told me somehow the mother was like, that's my child, and fell in love with the baby. That's exactly what happens, actually. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> I know you didn't do that on purpose. That's exactly what happens. She goes over to the snake baby, and she says, I'm sorry, I didn't realize you'd be so beautiful, and then starts dancing <laughs> with the snake people. What? Yeah. What? Then she starts dancing with the snake people, and that's the end of that story. That's the whole thing. What? It's it was so stupid, and it made no goddamn sense. What? Moving on. Yeah, don't don't don't. We don't have time. 
We got six more stories to go to. Examine that later. Anyway, next we go to Easter. Uh, uh, Easter. Please don't fuck up Easter. Easter is my favorite holiday. It won't be at the end of this. <laughs> see what's awesome here is you see you guys out there you may think that this is like us acting and that we've both seen this movie no Dennis has not seen this movie he has no idea what's going on here no and, the, and what's funny is the movies that I try to pick for you are movies that I've seen so this way I can gauge you know what I think your reaction would be and this uh, just continue. I love this because because of the way this is going, this is actually more torture for you, which is delightful for me. Because um. this this movie was torture for me. Don't get me wrong, but you know the fact that you're suffering for once makes me happy. Anyway, so we go to Easter. Easter begins with um this little girl. Yep. And she's in bed with, and her mom is there. And her, I guess this move this story takes place in like the 70s or maybe the 60s because the whole aesthetic of the mom and the house looks very 60s very very 60s but so like the little girl's lying in bed mom is telling her well you know you have to go to sleep because while you're asleep the easter bunny is going to come and you know there'll be chocolate bunnies and candy eggs in the morning and that'll make you happy and then the little girl says well what about the the dead man and the mom's like what dead man and she's like the man who's going to come back to life because at church they told us that Jesus died and Easter's about him coming back from the dead and the mom's like well okay yeah oh, no Jesus Christ she's like yeah no that's 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 true as well but like the Easter Bunny's a whole different thing and then we have this like eight minute sequence of just them going back and forth about the Easter Bunny and Jesus, which was really boring and really stupid and kind of annoying. And I was putting myself in the mother's place like, kid, just go to fuck to sleep. Like, I don't want to have a theological discussion with you at 11.30 p.m., all right? Come on, man. So the mom's like, look, you have to go to sleep or the Easter Bunny won't come. And no child can see him while they're awake. So you have to go to sleep. You know that parent, that parent lie that they tell you so that you will just go the fuck to sleep so they can do whatever they need to do, which is like fucking take the teeth out from under your pillow or hide your Easter eggs that you made them color and fucked up their kitchen or put presents under the tree or any of that bullshit. That general Wait, are parent. You, are you trying to tell me that the Easter bunny and Santa Claus and the tooth fairy aren't real? Oh, Dennis, we will examine that off mic. Anyway, so <laughs> the little girl, she goes to sleep, and then she wakes up in the middle of the night because she wants a glass of water. So she goes to the kitchen to get a glass of water. And, of course, as she's standing there, we see something scuttle by her. Oh, no, before she, we see something scuttle by her, the doors to their back patio open, and this, like, ostrich egg comes in the house just rolls itself into the house. But that's neither here nor there, even though it's kind of here nor there. So she goes to get this glass of water. And then she hears something, not the scuttling, she hears something else. So she goes out into the, the living room and there's just like a baby chick on the um, the carpet. So she's looking at this baby chick and then she turns and looks and she sees something crouched in the corner, which makes her, you know, move back 
because it's just like this weird person in a diaper with a crown of thorns crouched in the corner. You see where we're going with this, right? Yeah. No, you don't. So he's got his like hands palm up and baby chicks are coming out of the, the stigmata holes in his hands. You see where we're going with this, right? No. No, come on. Take a guess. Who do you think it is? Please don't tell me it's Christ. You're so close, but you're wrong. So she's, she decides, okay, nope, I, I'm not supposed to be seeing this. And she goes to run back to her room. And that's, of course, when he jumps out at her. Who do you think jumps out at her? The Easter Bunny. Even better. It's Easter Bunny Jesus. Oh, fuck off. It's a giant naked man dressed like Jesus with the worst rabbit head mask on. Creepy rabbit head mask. His little ears are pulled down under his crown of thorns. And you can tell the mask is rubber because whatever he speaks, like the eyes move all funny because they're just on the mask. They're not his eyes. It's terrible. So, if anybody out there is a particularly religious person, I just want to let you know right now that your Lord and Savior is a giant bunny. With holes in his hand. That, with stigmata holes that, that produce chickens. Yeah. Uh, move on to the next one, please. We're not done. Happy Easter. So, um. Oh God. So of course, because he, she, she's seeing him. He's like, "Well, I have to take you with me now." And she's like, "But I don't want to go." And he's like, "You don't have a choice." So she's like, "She's like, uh, oh, okay." So he puts his hand over her face. And mutters something to her. And then we don't see this. We only see the silhouette. Apparently now she's grown like bunny ears. Because she's the new Easter bunny. Then the mom wakes up and she's like, Jessica, or whatever the child's name is. It doesn't matter. It's like, Jessica, Maxi Pad, where are you? But the child's gone because she's the new Easter bunny. That's the end of the story. Anyway. (laughs) I don't know if I want... you, You know what? Off camera, you and I were talking about this movie, and I was semi-interested. Now? No. No. And guess what? Here's the best part. We still have one, two, three, four, five stories to go. Great. So the next holiday is Mother's Day. Now, I want to say, of all the stories, this is one of the ones... I liked the best, but out of the context of this movie, because it is such a, this and the next story are such tenuous connections to their theme holidays. And the next story is the one, again, it's, these are in that list of the weakest stories in the movie, but will be really good in another format. Uh But for what we're going for, they make no sense. They're not as ridiculous as the Easter story. But anyway. So the Mother's Day story is about this girl. And she starts off at um, a clinic because, uh, because she's pregnant. Which is a big problem for her because apparently she gets pregnant every single time she has sex. 
sleeves. She's like, I told my boyfriend to wear two condoms, and I'm on the pill, and none of it's working. Wait, 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 wait. The the main girl in the story gets pregnant every time she has sex? Yep. All right, and this is Mother's Day story, right? Yep. Okay, all right, all right, good. And I think they said she had, like, 20 abortions at this point, Jesus or whatever. Christ. So, the doctor's like, well, I never do this, but I'm going to give you my sister's number. She runs, like, this little holistic fucking ashram out in the desert. Go there. Maybe she can help you. And the girl's like, but the, I don't... All right. So she goes, and at this little ashram, it's actually for people who can't get pregnant. And so she goes, and she's talking to this woman... And the woman's like, how old are you? And she's like, I'm 24. And the woman says, what's the rush to get pregnant then? And she says, oh, I'm trying not to get pregnant because I get pregnant every time I have sex. And the woman, very rightly so, is like, well, that must suck for you. And then walks off like, fuck you. Which like, totally, I get it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Why would you say that to a group of people who can't get pregnant? I I know. That's That's like going into an adoption agency. With your 12 kids and being like, oh, I wish I had some time off. I have too many kids. Give me one more. It was just like, so then they start, they, they have this, um, this like little ritual bath, a lot of tits in this scene, a lot of tits. Um, and like, so like the women have, the women have their faces painted and they're shaking little like bean shakers and shit and muttering. And then like this old woman with like a white, ghost face type of face paint witchy thing and it gets in the bath and so of course the girl's freaking out because like nope this is weird and I don't want to be here but the woman like pulls her back into the bath and she's like you're a gateway it's like oh oh god and then you see the girl just sort of lying in bed with all these women around her and you're like wait a minute why are you freaking weren't you freaking out five minutes ago why are you still here and the reason she's still here is because these weird witch ritual people have drugged her and made her have sex with this big burly dude i guess that might have been a dream sequence i'm not sure um and now she's pregnant and they want to they want her to give birth to whatever she's pregnant with because one of the women like as an aside says to her or as she's passing out or whatever she's like every time you end a life inside of you it comes back stronger like okay is this a pro-choice anti-abortion <laughs> movement i you know it's funny that is a thought i had while watching this it's like this is very somebody doesn't like abortions but anyway so um so they're they're keeping her drugged and pregnant but and then we find out that the doctor from the first scene was in on this because she's been coming to check on this girl and um they set her up outside with some music you know because she's a mother and we have to keep mom happy and she at some point got enough strength and wherewithal to steal the doctor's phone. She tries to call the police, but of course they catch her. And she just instantly jumps up and runs off. And like this, I think it was the same woman that was bitchy with her earlier is like her bitchy caretaker. 
So they're like, go get her, bitchy caretaker. So they, she, bitchy caretaker runs off with her and grabs her arm and she falls down and she starts screaming and the other women run over and bitchy caretaker is like, what's wrong with her? And they're like, duh, she's going into labor. Just push, sweetie, breathe. Come on. (laughs) You know, type of shit. What the fuck? And so she starts giving birth and the ground starts shaking and the women are just staring between her legs and that's when the bloody clawed hand comes out and grabs her leg and then it ends. So I guess she gave birth to the devil. I don't know. What? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. So, moving on. Next story is... No! uh, No! What the... What? (laughs) Don't... I I can't answer your questions. I watched this whole thing. Jason, I love you, but I'm not watching this movie. Hmm. Now you see how it feels, don't you? Holy shit. Now you understand why I freaked out so much when you told me I had to watch Kangaroo Jack. Well, I almost had to watch Kangaroo Jack. Yeah, I... I uh, carry on. What's next, I guess? You're now, you're now feeling what I felt. The next story is Father's Day. Now, again, this is a, a story that... Individually... It has some very interesting bits. It kept me engaged, but it's trying so hard to do this less is more thing that it just ended up being kind of like, what, 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 what? So anyway, this is the Father's Day story. It is woman, according to Wikipedia, she's a teacher. I don't remember anything coming up about being a teacher. She arrives home and finds a package on her doorstep. Oh, that's right. She did say she had the gray paper. So, yeah, so maybe she would have been the teacher. Fine, whatever. She finds a package on her doorstep, and she opens it, and on top of the package, says it says, Happy Father's Day. And she opens it, and inside, she finds, like, a very 80s cassette player, which I just found to be a nice touch. I don't know why. We have to have a scene of her going to find batteries for her because it doesn't have any batteries. She put the headphones on. And FYI, those headphones look exactly like the headphones Star-Lord wore in Guardians of the Galaxy. Just letting you know. So anyway. Of course I did. Why wouldn't it? So she starts listening to this tape. And what it is, it's, it's her father, you know, telling her, you know, I'm sorry I had to go away and... You know, telling her how much she he loves her, and she starts crying, of course, because I guess she thought her dad was dead. And he's like, "Look, I didn't want to leave you, but stuff, and I had to leave you, and stuff." And she pauses to go smoke a cigarette, and then call her mom and yell at her mom, or leave a voicemail for her mom. Um, about why didn't you tell me dad was alive you're such a bitch blah 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 and she goes and finds a picture of her dad I guess from the last day that they were together and she goes back to listen to the rest of the tape and the dad's like look if if you want to find me and for us to be together then all you have to do is go back to the place that we last saw each other flip the tape over and I'll give you instructions on how to find me if you're ready and she's like okay so she gets in her car and she drives all night out to some beach in the middle of fucking nowhere. I already and, don't like this. Right? And she flips the tape over, and the dad is like, I'm so glad that you're here, and I'm going to tell you how to find me. And you hear on the tape the young version of her 
apparently from this day that they were together. And she's like, the little, little, little teacher girl is like, Dad, why do you have this tape recorder? She's like, oh, it's for a friend. I'm making a tape for a friend. And the little, little teacher girl is like, do I know the friend? And Dad's like, yeah, you do, which is creepy. And um, so the dad says, you'll get your stuff together and we're going to leave. And we're going to walk down this street and go to this street, which is obviously giving, you know, future teacher girl her instructions so she follows the instructions and the dad is still talking and it's really weird he's like you know how much i love you right and little teacher girl's like of course i know daddy and he gives us some more instructions and he says now walk to 433 Ravel street or whatever the door should be open so she goes to this fucking weird looking building how, how would he know that the door would still be open all these years later because it's creepy Okay. Dun dun dun. Um, so she goes to this building and she sort of, and it's like this creepy looking building and it looks like a fucking Scientology center. And um, she's standing there and of course we see something run by the camera because in any horror movie the easiest way to convey that something fucked up is happening is just have something run by the camera. You right. know, be that a demon or a vampire or a creepy my buddy doll or any creepy doll really just have it run by the camera so she goes inside and the dad is still talking and he tells a little version of her just wait here for a minute I have to go in his office and talk to somebody and he goes inside and says some shit and it doesn't it stops making sense around this moment and the girl's listening to this and she goes in the office, of course, you know, after we hear dad taken away from little version of her. And she goes inside and she finds like this figure crouched over in a chair and the dad says, I'm so glad that you came. She's still listening to the tape. You know, she's like, I'm so glad you came and I'm sorry I had to leave you, but you only get one chance to meet him and I had to take it. And she thinks it's her dad sitting in the chair, but of course it's not. It's some sort of weird vampire demon thing. And she screams, and then the tape recorder hits the ground, and then we do the slow zoom out of the building, and it's over. And I have no idea what happened. Wait, so her father was possessed? I... Didn't I just tell you I had no idea what happened? Okay, okay. All right, all right. Carry on. You got the same amount of information that I do, dude. I didn't get any. Neither did I. Moving on. Now, the next story is Halloween. Now, I have a lot to say about this story for two reasons. Num three reasons. Number one, this is the best story of the whole lot. This was my hands-down favorite. Oh, thank God. Because number two, and this is how it's easy to understand why it's my hands-down favorite, this one... This is the only time I'm going to tell you this for the whole movie because it's the only one that matters. This one was written and directed by Kevin Smith. Oh, okay. Number three, one of the actresses in this scene is Harley Quinn Smith, his daughter. Oh, no shit. Okay. Which is fun. It's like, yay. She's grown the hell up. Anyway. So... In the Halloween story, we follow a guy named Ian who's on the phone with this girl 
telling her that he wants her to come and work for him running his webcam shows and he's like no it's not porno it's like whatever you would it's like facetime you probably already do it with your boyfriends and she lives in des moines i remember that he says he says well you should come out to la i'll give you a plane ticket and he goes in the convenience store to buy some candy he's wearing a shirt that says pussy haver on it of course he and is. he's he's got braided pigtails ian looks like a sleazeball it's great Though the back of his shirt says pussy haver, the front of his shirt says I am a haver of pussy. It's great. A little cat on it. I kind of want that shirt. Anyway, so he hangs up with that girl and he calls another girl and gives her the exact same spiel. And this is, of course, when you realize Ian's a pile of shit and he's fucking coercing girls to just like leave their family and friends and fly out to L.A. to be gross, disgusting, low rent cam models. You know, and as a feminist, I had a lot to say about this shit, but it, it, it works itself out. So Ian returns to his apartment where there's these three blonde girls. And in order to just differentiate them, I'm going to call them Blossom, Bubbles and Buttercup. Great. Buttercup is crying because she just got a no, excuse me, not Buttercup. That's the wrong. I got the wrong one. Bubbles is crying because she just got off a, a cam session with a guy who like signed off, and right before he signed off, he called her a whore. And she runs out to the living room where Blossom and Buttercup are watching some cartoon about fucking witches from Shakespeare or whatever. And she's telling them, you know, like, dude, call me a whore, and it's so not right. And Blossom and Buttercup are like, it's going to be okay, Bubbles. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. It's like, you know, men are pigs, but, you know, he gave you his credit card, right? She's like, yeah. They're like, let's go shopping and make ourselves feel better, because that's what women do, apparently. Um, and then Ian comes in, and he's like, why aren't any of you working? You know, you're supposed to be working. And Buttercup looks at Ian and says, I'm going to call Ian Professor Utonium for the rest of this. So Buttercup looks at Professor Utonium and she says, well, Bubbles is upset because this dude called her a whore. And Professor Utonium is like, oh, that's so sad. I'm sorry. Oh, wait, no, I'm not because you are whores, which just upsets <laughs> Bubbles. <laughs> It upsets Bubbles even more. So Blossom is like, look, Ian, it's Halloween. Everybody's out partying. Nobody's really calling. Why don't you just give us the night off, okay? Just like one fucking night off. And Professor Utonium says, no, get your whore asses back in there and make me some money. And Buttercup stands up, and you'll understand why I called her Buttercup when I tell you what she says. She's like, Ian... Professor Utonium, all right, you need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. These aren't actual lines, but it's the basic gist. She says, because you know what you did? You know who I fucked up by coming here? But you fucked up even more because you put three women in a room together. And do you know what they used to call three women in a room together? A coven. We're witches. <laughs> Professor Utonium, rightly so, is like... Are you fucking stupid? What are you talking about? What? So, <laughs> so Professor Utonium's like, well, 
since you're not working and you want a night off, one of you is going to have to have sex with me. And they're like, um, no. And he's like, any, meeny, miny, you at Bubbles. And he's about to like drag her off and have sex with her. And that's when Buttercup hits him over the head with the microwave that he was making her clean for reasons. And so she knocks him out. Wait, 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 wait. Professor Tony wakes up. That, the, that, that just went over my head. He hit her? She hit him with a microwave? Yeah, he was making her clean out his microwave while she was sitting on the couch because he wanted his Hot Pockets. And when he went to go rape um, Bubbles, Buttercup hit him over the head and knocked him out with his own microwave. Okay, carry on. Cool. So Professor Tony wakes up a little bit later and he's naked except for his underwear. And there's a wire coming out of his butt. And so he's like, what the fuck hit me? And, you know, he's like, you know, groggily waking up. And he goes to sit down. And that's when, of course, his ass hurts. And he's like, why is there a wire in my butt? And there's like a computer right in front of him. And um, some messages pop up on the, the screen. So he goes to read them. And I'm just going to assume it's Buttercup doing the typing because she was my favorite. And she was both my favorite in this move in this section of the movie and my favorite Powerpuff girl, just FYI. So Buttercup is like I'm really afraid to see where this shit is going. It's great. Um Buttercup is like guess what, Ian? <laughs> guess what we did? We stuck a vibrator up your butt. We glued your ass cheeks shut. We super glued your ass cheek shut, and we hooked that vibrator up to a car battery. Oh, shit. And he's like, the fuck? And so they give him a little shock, because I don't know what happens if you hook a vibrator up to a car battery, but apparently nothing good. So they give him a little shock, and he's like, what the fuck, man? The fuck do you want? And, he's, and Buttercup is like, that was a one. You're going to listen to what we say, or we're going to turn it up. And then she turns it up to two, which, of course, hurts Professor Utonium even more. And she's like, that was a two. So he's like, oh, my God, what the fuck do you want? What the fuck? What the fuck? And then Buttercup types on the screen, shout your pussy, Ian. So he's like, the fuck? And she's like, get it. You know? So he stands up, and he pulls down the front of his, his underpants. He's not wearing thunder pants. He's just wearing tidy whities So he pulls down the front of his tidy whities and like, there, you're happy. Take your picture. Let's just fucking stop this. And she's like, I said, shush your pussy in. And he's like, I don't have one. And so <laughs> she types on the screen, so make one. And then Blossom, again, I'm going to assume it's Blossom because it just works for the tone of this movie, slides a butcher knife under the door into the room. And he's like, uh, no, I'm not going to do this. And she's like, you might want to, because remember the car, the vibrator and the car battery? And she gives him another shock. Oh, she's like, boy. So she's just like, sure, she pussy, Ian. He's like, I'm not going to do this. And she's like, do it. Do it. And she's like typing LOL on the screen and smileys. And I'm laughing because it's like, fuck this guy. But that's really funny. <laughs> so finally... He takes the knife, and we don't see it, but apparently he makes himself a pussy, 
there's blood spurting everywhere. And we cut back to the outside of the apartment where the girls are just watching him and laughing and having a good time. And then Blossom looks over, or maybe it was Bubbles. One of them looks over and says, this is getting boring. And she looks at the car battery and says, I wonder what happens if we turn it up to 10. And she turns it up to 10 and apparently kills Ian off screen. She kills Professor Utonium off screen. So they're just like, awesome. Doorbell rings and there's a girl standing there. And the three girls are standing there and they're like, um, hi. And the girl's like, is Ian here? Because he called me and told me to come out here and work for him. And the girls are like, oh, Ian is no longer with the company. Um, there's been some restructuring. And we had to let Ian go due to cutbacks. And they giggle. And then it ends. And it was awesome. That was like my favorite one. What? It was fun. And I was like, okay. And then when, oh, I met, forgot to mention, at the end of all these stories, you see like a little themed computer-generated card for the, you know, holiday. And when the card opened and it said Halloween, directed by Kevin Smith, I was like, and that's why I liked it. Okay, I get it. He's the one director and writer here. Written and directed by Kevin Smith. He's the one here who knows what he's doing. Cool. <laughs> cool. Alright. So then we move on to Christmas. We're almost at the end. Just hang in there. I don't know if I, if I want to do this anymore. It was at the end. We only got two more to go. We got two more to go. So move on to Christmas. Now, you mentioned at the beginning of this that Seth Green is in one of these. This is where we see Seth Green. Oh, okay. I was wondering that. Oh, and I don't know if you remember, but one of the girls in the last one that you were just talking about was mm-hmm. Ash- Ashley Green. Who's Ashley Green when she's at home? She was Alice from Twilight. Well, that might be why I liked it, because Alice was the only one I liked. Exactly. Okay. Oh my god. This onion has layers. Anyway, so Seth Green. Wow. This next story starts with an ad for something called a UVU. 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 Which is like this virtual reality helmet that I guess is the, uh, in this alternate reality that we're talking about, is the Tickle Me Elmo of its day where everybody's trying to get one, you know? And Seth Green is trying to get into the store to buy a U-View. And, of course, some, like, rich-looking business asshole buys the last one. And then Seth Green runs up to the... He sticks his foot in the door, and he's like, I need to get a U-View. And the dude is like, that guy just bought the last one. And if this was that important... And Seth Green is like, but I called earlier. And the dude is like, if it was that important, you would have showed up earlier, too. Slams the door in his face. And Seth Green gets a text from his wife, and she's like, did you get it? And he's like, fuck. You know, because their son Bobby really wants one. He's like, fuck. So he's going to get back in his car, and he looks over, and rich business asshole is having a heart attack on the ground. You know, there's a little bottle of um, nitroglycerin pills sort of scattered next to him. And Seth Green's like, oh, my God, are you okay? And the dude's like, because he's having a heart attack. And and Seth Green's like, don't worry, I'm going to call the... And then he looks over at the car, the rich asshole's car, because he just tried to buy the U-View from this dude for like $500, and the dude said no. And he looks over at the rich asshole, that's why I call him a rich asshole. He looks over at the rich asshole's car, 
and there's a U view on the front seat. And so, of course, Seth Green's like, sorry. And he steals the U view and he runs off, leaving this guy, leaving this guy to die. So that's that's such a terrible thing for Oz to do. What would Willow say? Well, Willow wouldn't give a shit because she ended up with Tara, so she's moved on. Oh, right. Never mind. What would Veruca say? Nothing. She's dead. Anyway. <laughs> Buffy references. So anyway, <clears throat> we move forward to Christmas Eve, and Seth Green's very pretty but very bitchy wife is complaining that her boss, Ed, didn't give him the Christmas bonus that, she, that they were counting on, and Seth Green's making less money, and she's just like, you know, this sucks. Merry fucking Christmas. And Seth Green's just sitting there like, I just want the dude die. You know, just like in his head, you can see it on his face. It's like, I want the dude die. I feel really bad. But she's not listening. So they go in to get into bed, and he's, you know, laying there awake, just all upset. And he tries to, like, put the moves on his wife, and she's like, if you don't get the fuck off me. So he just rolls back over. And we cut back over, we cut to Christmas morning. And Bobby unwraps the U-view, and he's very happy. You know, the wife's like, I can't believe you got it. He's like, yeah, I got it. So Bobby puts these um, headphones, these little visor thing on. And he's on Mars, and it's all really cool. And he says, Bobby takes him off, and she's like, Dad, you should try them. That is that cool. So Seth Green's like, okay. And he puts on the glasses, and, and... he says to the kid, well, I'm not going to see the same thing you see. And the kid says, no, it's just everybody something different because it aggregates your online presence and gives you visions that are perfectly tailored to you. Oh, great. This is going to turn into a lawnmower man situation. I can already see it. Close. So Seth Green puts on the U view and what he sees is just like this woman, like half naked in a dungeon, spanking herself and going, I've been very bad, daddy. He like takes him off kind of freaks out you know and he's like that's great um where's the off button on these things cut to that night wife's in bed and she's asleep and seth green gets up and he's gonna he sneaks into the son's room because you know know, naked woman he's gonna watch that so he puts the things back on and there's the naked woman and then it cuts to from the perspective of dying rich asshole watching Seth Green run off with this thing that he just stole and left him to die for and then we cut to a scene of um, I think this was the same thing of course this freaks Seth Green out I think at the same moment um, we then see dying asshole laying on a slab at the morgue and just like two dudes talking about him because he's dead Um, and about how you know it's a hell of a present to give your family on Christmas as a dead dad or whatever. And so Seth Green's like, oh. so he calls the company and he's like, I, you know, I find, I hear that like 1% of your users have a problem with their viewing experience. Can you tell me what that is? And the guy on the phone's like, are you having a problem, sir? Why don't you give me the, um, the serial number for your unit and I can log into your feed and see what's going on. He's like, you can do that? Never mind, click. (laughs) (laughs) So he's like, oh my god, this thing just showed me the murder I committed. Oh my god. (laughs) He goes into the bedroom 
to find his bitchy wife standing there and she's like he says yeah where's Bobby and the wife says I sent him to stay with a friend and he's like okay and she turns around and she's holding the U view and she says you forgot to log off Seth Green I can't remember his name he's like you forgot to log off Seth Green he's like um she says I saw everything and he's like um and she says why how could you do something like that and he says like something along the lines of I was just tired of being nice and I just wanted to do anything I could to get what I wanted and she stares at him and she goes that's the hottest thing you've ever said and they have sex oh fuck off of course of course so he wakes up the next morning and his wife is in the shower and he's all happy because he finally got laid and I'm going to pause here to say, Seth Green is a very tiny man. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know he's a tiny man, but it wasn't until watching this and watching him interact with other people, because I haven't seen Seth Green in person in a while, like, not since he left Buffy, and I barely remember Austin Powers. He's a very small man. Yeah, he's like five foot nothing. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. That was just a patented Jason digression. Anyway... So he wakes up the next morning and he's super happy because he's had sex with his beautiful wife. And he looks over on the night table and there's the U-view. So he puts it on and he sees his wife bringing her boss, Ed, some coffee. He's kind of like, the hell? And then the scene switches to Ed suddenly like passing out. And then Ed being wheeled down a hallway, strapped to a chair, and then Ed in a Dexter-style plastic-coated room with his wife standing there drinking a, a glass of wine. And she's like, should have given me that Christmas bonus, Ed, you son of a bitch. And then she proceeds to slice him up with a turkey slicer, an electric turkey slicer. And Seth Green takes off the glasses and is like, oh my God, my wife murdered someone. Just like I murdered someone, only she did it on purpose, and then it's over. It wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad story. I liked it. It was okay. <laughs> okay. They obviously saved the good stories for the end. Yeah. Right. I mean, I don't really care for the ending too much, but it sounds better than the others. Well, see, the problem with a lot of these stories is they just sort of end. And I get that it's an anthology movie, but they just sort of like just cut just. Boom! Done. And it's like, but do they, there's a few more details that do we they need. end in a way that kind of leaves it up to interpretation to let you decide what happens. Well, the Father's Day one definitely does, and I guess the Easter one does, and I guess so does the Mother's Day one. But like Halloween and Christmas, they sort of you know they end on a note that's generally roughly satisfying. But it's still, they all feel like if they had maybe just like five to seven more minutes, they could wrap these up even better. You know what I mean? Huh, all right. I don't know how long this movie is. I think it was like an hour and a half, maybe two hours long. So Yeah, I, I want to say that's what I read, yeah. So maybe they didn't have time for that, but I'm just saying my personal opinion. Like They just had like a few more minutes. So anyway... I know you have felt very tortured by this description of this movie. Oh, yeah. So you'll be happy to know this is the last story. Oh, thank God. 
Last story is New Year's Eve. Now, I'm, I'm not going to lie, when I was watching this, because we started on Valentine's Day and ended on Christmas, I honestly thought we were done after Christmas. So I was shocked that there was another story. This was a surprise. Um, but the story opens with... Uh, because I was so surprised, I kind of got confused, and I don't think I was paying close enough attention. But the story... So I'm going to have trouble remembering how it began. The story begins with this woman strapped to a chair. And this guy is talking to her. And for those of you out there who are willing to do some Googling or might remember this name, it's Andrew Bowen from Mad TV. Is the guy in this movie. And he's talking about how... He wished, he thought he was going to be able to spend, oh, no, that's how it started. That's right. He's flipping through a um, photo album of pictures of this woman from various holidays. She's still strapped to the chair in all these pictures. And then he says, you know, I thought this holiday would be different. I thought I'd be able to spend it with somebody who really understood me. And she's crying. She's got like a Christmas hat on her head. You know, and he's like, I thought I'd be able to kiss somebody who I could ungag their mouth or whatever. And he's like, but I guess I'm just going to have to end it. And then he proceeds to shoot her in the head. Okay. Well, he shoots her in the head after first forgetting to put a bullet in the gun. (laughs) Then he has to change the bullet and then he shoots her in the head. So then we cut to this scene of this girl sitting on her couch eating what looks like yogurt with sausage in it. I was very distracted by what she was eating. Like strawberry yogurt with sausages. That's what it looked like. Might have been something else. Anyway, so she's eating this, and she gets a ping on her computer from like this sort of dating website that for the sake of not getting sued, we will say the name of it rhymes with batch.slom I see what you're doing there (laughs) of course the match she gets on batch.slom is Andrew Bowen and she's like eh he couldn't be any worse than the last one now remember we just saw Andrew Bowen murder somebody so she goes on a date with him and he's very awkward he's got brown teeth I don't know why he has brown teeth And they're eating at this restaurant, and she's having chicken nuggets. And she's like, these are the best chicken nuggets, because they bread them with Frosted Flakes, which sounds disgusting. It it is. I've actually had that before. It's really, really really gross. Hold on, listeners. Oh, my God, that's a real thing? It's a real thing. Apparently, some restaurants do that. Why? I have no idea. But it was so disgusting to the point that I had to ask the waitress if this was breadcrumbs or something else because the texture, it changes everything. And she's like, oh no, the way they do it is they use cornflakes and blah blah blah. I was like, what? No, I've heard of cornflakes, which sounds disgusting. But is Frosted Flakes a real thing? (gasps) Yep. Yep. Oh my god. I think I'm going to be ill. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And come back down to Earth and let's go. So, she's eating her disgusting chicken nuggets, and they have this exchange about how Andrew Bowen's mom wouldn't let him eat 
sugary cereals because she thought it would rot his teeth. Now remember, his teeth are like fucking baby poop brown for reasons. And then he asked her to show him her teeth. He's like, that's really weird. I'm sorry. You know, it's just, he's like, they just have this really weird, awkward exchange. And she mentions something about how most guys she matches with just want to have sex with her. And then they don't talk to her again. And he he says something and lets his milkshake drool out of his mouth, which is disgusting. So are they are they both being weird or just him? They're both being kind of weird. Okay. And then she's they're like they're going to end the date, but she says something like, well, I would be really unromantic if I went home alone on New Year's Eve, don't you think? And he's like, sure. So they end up back at her apartment. Oh, boy. And, you know, she takes his jacket and then grabs his crotch, which is weird, because I was under the impression she didn't necessarily want to just hook up with him, but I guess she did. And he says, well, just He's like, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. She's like, should I not do that? And he's like, no, I just, I need to go to the bathroom. So he goes to the bathroom. And he lays out on her sink, a, like a napkin or a handkerchief. And he takes a bottle of chloroform out of his pocket because, you know, he's going to kill her. And he starts smelling her toiletries. And he sticks her toothbrush in his mouth, which... For somebody who watches a lot of horror movies, was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah, I've actually yeah yeah nope yeah nope. he's like he's like rubbing the bristles over his tongue, and I'm thinking to myself that nubbly thing on the back of the toothbrush is a tongue scraper. Use the tongue scraper number one, and number two, get someone else's toothbrush out of your mouth. Cause that's, gross. That's disgusting. And I just want to point out, in a movie where a man cut off his own penis, that's the thing that disgusted me the most. Just saying. Anyway, so, you know, he's just giggling to himself about how he's going to murder her. And he opens her medicine cabinet. And inside, of course, if you didn't see this coming, are jars with names on them, like Jerry and Ryan and various body parts, because she's insane. And he pulls back the shower curtain and inside is most of a dismembered man. That's when she kicks the door open. Oh, no, that's before she kicks the door open. He pats his pockets down because he has a gun. Because apparently he loves shooting women in the head. But he left his gun in his jacket pocket, which is out in the living room. That's when she kicked the door open. She's covered head to toe in like a plastic bodysuit. And she's wielding an axe. And she comes after him with the axe. And he knocks her down. And... And he's trying to, like, run away from her. And she chops his foot off. So now he's crawling away from her. And she's just coming after him, speaking in Spanish for some reason. Um, and he makes it back to his jacket. And he pulls out his gun. He goes to shoot her in the head. But he forgot to put a bullet in again. He's the worst murderer ever. And so she chops him in the head with the axe and kills him. And says... Um, Happy New Year to him in Spanish and then dances around in her blood-soaked apartment and that's the end of the entire movie. So that was Holidays. I know I've been saying this throughout the movie, but I'm going to say this again. Uh, 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 what? Yeah. 
It was a weird movie. <laughs> it was a really weird movie. What? Yeah. Um. Okay. Um. This is the part of the show where I guess I look up um how it did financially. Yeah. Well, while uh, you do that, I will. I will say this. I guess this is technically why we don't let me pick my own movies for this show. <laughs> holy shit. Because, yeah, I guess I make bad choices sometimes. Sorry. Well, it actually looks like um, there is no budget or um, what it made online. It just went straight from the, the Tribeca Film Festival to Video On Demand. And then that was it. Yeah. Well, I guess we do the rating thing now. Uh, yeah. Is this a movie that you would buy on Blu-ray or DVD, um, watch it on cable or rent it, or would you download it to delete it? Um, well, now technically I did sort of watch it on cable, quote-unquote, it was on the Netflix. Um, but if we were talking about this in the context of our rating system, I'm going to have to go with uh, uh, download it to delete it. Oh, it wasn't okay. terrible, but it really... Except for, like, the Kevin Smith story, which was fun, and the Seth Green story, which was... Kind of, it was good, and I love Seth Green, but largely predictable. The rest of the stories were either boring or incredibly difficult to parse what was going on, or, and I largely keep this one for that Easter story, just kind of stupid and weird. I mean, the last story was just, eh, you know... Uh, here's what you do. If you can find on, like, YouTube or something, just the Halloween and Christmas bits, just watch those. Gotcha. And skip okay. skip the rest of them. It's not worth it. Okay. Alrighty. Um, Alright. Uh, yeah. Great. Fantastic. This is the most confused you've ever sounded in the since the inception of this podcast, and for once, I'm truly happy. I'm truly happy to be here. Because normally I can make something out of even a bad movie, even even if it's a movie I haven't seen and somebody's explaining it to me. But that, I, I don't know. I watched the whole thing, and I don't know, dude. Uh, okay. Alright. Well, I guess you know what time it is. I didn't know. Why do I have to? Well, I'm sorry, but that's how it goes. Okay. You know what? No. No! No, I refuse. No, I absolutely refuse. As a matter of fact, not only do I refuse, I have a little surprise for you. Uh Uh-oh. You see, next month is October. And as you have stated on many occasions, October 
is my month. So we're going to have a little bit of a change here in the protocol of things. So I guess the question that needs to be asked actually is... Hello, Dennis. Would you like to play a game? Oh, fuck off. No. Too bad. Mommy? No! (laughs) Yeah! That's right, kiddo. That's right. You see, as you well know, the tagline of the show is where it's perfectly okay to drive your best friend insane, and you're my best friend. So for the month of October, for four straight weeks, you will be watching the movies. Oh, no. (laughs) I told you I'd get my revenge on you for this. Oh, God. And to make things even better, I have a list here of five movies. The reason I have five movies here is because there's a little twist on this. Um, I'm going to give you a number, just like you do to me, of one through four. Are you trying to add money shovel on me? A little bit. I'm going to give you a list, just like you do to me, of one through four. If you happen to pick a certain number one of these movies, a certain number, a certain number of one of these movies, pardon my mush methodness, you will be doing a one week double bill where you will have to watch two movies and talk about them both. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not going to lie to you. Kind of hoping you pick that one first. Uh, so, let's begin. Pick a number. One, two, four. Seven. Try again. Oh, boy. Uh, three. Number three! Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to give you a couple uh, little tidbits. Little tidbits about this film. Let me just uh, let me just look something up real quick. I don't like this. I don't like this. You don't. You don't. All right. This movie came out in 1997. It is a, a direct to video sequel. It stars. Uh, I won't tell you the major star, but I'll tell you some of the other stars. It stars uh, Brett Jasmer. Jessica Collins, Miguel Nunez Jr. Many of these name, names ring a bell to you? Not at all. No. It's 95 minutes long. At a budget of 1.6 million. No. No. Nothing. No. Written by. Give written by Dennis. Dennis Pratt. Dennis Pratt. No. Oh no. Okay. One more hint. One more hint. I'm oh, gonna give no. you the big one. What 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 year was this? 1997. Oh God, give me another hint. I think I know what it is. Go ahead. I'll give you the biggest hint of all. It stars Warwick Davis. Oh fuck off! Which leprechaun is it? <laughs> it is quite possibly the best of them all. A oh. Leprechaun Four in space. Oh. oh God! <laughs> now here's here's something about me that our viewers may not know. I love franchise horror movies, but mm-hmm. I have mostly, till now, avoided 
certain movies and franchises. Like, I've only seen Leprechaun 1 and 2. I refuse to watch <coughs> Halloween 3. I'm not a fan of Nightmare on Elm Street 2. So it's like, fuck. Well, now, I was going to say <clears throat> that the little twist on you doing the movies is that you don't get a veto. You don't get an alternate. But I think that's a little mean. So, here's what I'm going to do for you. If you really don't want to watch Leprechaun 4, I will give you an alternate for this one week. Leprechaun 4 is going right back on the list. You can you can skip it for now. You're still going to have to watch it, but you don't have to. Do I take the alternate or do you want to stick? So regardless, I'm going to have to watch Leprechaun 4. Well, I'll, I'll let you stay your pain a little bit. Uh, Alright, we'll keep it. Okay. So that leaves you with three other movies. I will present you the chance for an alternate again next week. But I'm warning you now, it's only going to get worse. So, having said that, and I won't make you watch the trailer, and the reason I'm not going to make you watch the trailer, I don't want you prepared for this. Uh. At, at all. So, having said that, <clears throat> if anyone would like to contact us and tell Dennis how much he fucked up by making me have to do this... <laughs> Not realizing I would get back at him. You can always email us at podcast TTC. That's podcast TTC at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Tumblr. Uh, you can find us at the torture chamber podcast.tumblr.com. Again, the torture chamber podcast.tumblr.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter. I've been running the Twitter. Some weird stuff has been going down in the Twitter lately. At T Chamber Podcast. Capital T, capital C, capital P, capital C again. T Chamber Podcast on Twitter. And the great thing is we officially, officially have a SoundCloud. That means you can go there, download the episodes, listen to the episodes, rate them, comment, do whatever you want, and eventually it'll be up on iTunes when iTunes reopens their submissions. And you can find us at soundcloud.com backslash the Torture Chamber Podcast. Do whatever they want. They can't do whatever they want. Don't say it like that. What if what they want to do is, is act in a snuff film? Well, then I guess you better get your acting chops done. No, I'm not going to be in the snuff film. They're going to be in the snuff film. Not me. No. Uh, no. Why would you say that? End the show. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> say goodbye, you ass. Well, as always, it's Dennis Neal. Oh, and again, I'm Jason Christopher, by the way. Again, um, please, write in. Give us an outro phrase. Alright? I only have an intro phrase about my thunderpants. And whatever it is he says, it doesn't matter. So yeah, write in, help us figure out an outro. And um 
we will see you next week where the tortured becomes the torturer. Mm, bye. Bye.